1: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the of wire Soccer DFS Show. We are after dark, but it's not Champions League. I'm Jack Burkhart. I am joined by Ryan Balangi. And Ryan, our long national nightmare of no proper Classic slate, EPL DFS, feels like it's been, you know, three months since we've had a proper slate, and we're rewarded for our wait with a pretty exciting five-game slate. How happy are you to have Classic back?
2: I mean, it feels like the the night before Christmas. Uh, Yeah, man, it's been brutal. I mean, we we were talking about it the other day. Uh, Yeah, it feels like forever. We've had some of these FA Cup slates or whatever else, African Cup of Nations. I know you're grinding Liga MX, but I mean, come on, we're starved for some action. Um, And this is a good slate. Uh, Five games, which is nice. They included later games, which is nice. We have multiple king of the pitch qualifiers, which are nice and the slate uh i don't think it's that straightforward which is nice you know we don't have city as a big favorite which is nice uh we don't have chelsea on here which is nice for me so yeah i mean a lot to be happy about with this slate actually i'm excited
1: yeah there really aren't a lot of these uh boogeyman teams that we hate i'm very happy to not see chelsea though my nemesis douglas louise is on this slate fortunately a bit uh, expensive so i hope he doesn't send me to the torture chamber quite in this one but um Ryan, we could just start breaking into the slate there's no extreme favorites so um I, i'm gonna bury the lead here ryan i think it's acceptable if both eze and elise start for crystal palace i could imagine people not even playing Bukai, you know going no arsenal In cash games, I think it's viable, but I mean, soccer is going to be one of the top plays, Um, but we'll get more into the plays later. Arsenal are the biggest favorites, but they're not huge favorites. They have a 2.1 implied goal total. It doesn't really eclipse the other teams. It's about 0.4 more than Crystal Palace, 0.3 more than Brighton. And .3 more than Aston Villa. That total seems a little high against uh, Newcastle, but we can talk about that. But yeah, Arsenal are the biggest favorites, about 70% to win. And then you have good matchups, so it's about 60% to win for Crystal Palace at home against Sheffield. It's going to be one of the best spots, and we have great floor plays on Crystal Palace. Brighton are favorites on the road at Luton Town, so maybe that's a bit of an open game, and that's evidenced by the somewhat high total villa hosting newcastle that should be a pretty interesting game i know newcastle struggled a bit surprised to see them kind of lower underdogs and then we kind of have a junk matchup between fulham and everton it has a lower total uh, maybe there are some good plays there but that's definitely not the most exciting match of the slate maybe that makes it good i don't know ryan what stuck out to you when you were looking at these games
2: um Yeah, the last game you mentioned, I think that'll go overlooked. Fulham-Everton with the lowest total and just with all the other games. So maybe that's in tournament consideration. I think the Villa-Newcastle game probably goes overlooked for tournaments just because it's the last game and it's already kind of tough to play that game. And just like, you know, people have their lineup set, you know, after the Palace lineup comes out and you only have 15 minutes before lock. Just, yeah, it's interesting to see Villa with that total. And Newcastle, that big of a dog. Um, I think in the reverse fixture, Aston Villa went to Newcastle and put five on them. One five to one just just uh, ran rampant, I believe. Um, and that, that game was just like wild from the start. And maybe that has <clears throat> something to do with these odds with Villa back at home now. I mean, Villa's been playing really well. Um yeah, I think I mean, the the Olise news is, you know, probably the most important on this slate. Um, we don't have him in the projected lineup. I've seen other places don't have him projected, but I don't know. I can see him. I could see him starting. Um, yeah, and then just, I think Brighton probably goes a little bit overlooked because you'll have people on uh, Arsenal and Palace and yeah so Brighton will probably go overlooked in tournaments good spot against Luton and then from a player's perspective you mentioned you yeah, fading Arsenal I think like from a cash game perspective Saka is probably the only one you're considering um but yeah if if both Palace guys start maybe you don't need Saka maybe you can fit all three and then you know what do you do with pascal gross in a pretty good spot you know people are up and down on gross sometimes he's the best sometimes he's unfatable sometimes you don't even mention him on a slate like this and he scores 28 floor points or something so i don't know
1: it's an interesting slate i agree i think it's really interesting so first thing on Olise. About two weeks ago, Hodgson was saying it would take about two matches for Elise to come back. And then most recently, so this is today, we have a blurb on rotowire.com. You should subscribe, by the way. Um, He's available. He has trains now. So whatever that means. Um... I'm not so sure if that means we'll see a sub appearance for him or if we'll see like 60 minutes. We'll have to look more into details. I mean, when Elise starts, he usually plays 75 minutes. So I'm inclined just to play him, even if I'm only going to get 65 minutes. It's such a good matchup against a pretty hapless Sheffield United team. Um... I agree. Just kind of looking at the games on the slate, I think Arsenal and Crystal Palace are going to demand the most attention and there's going to be some other plays. There's some like cheap Newcastle plays and that's a high total. That seems interesting. It does make me think, Brian, in tournaments, I want to try to intentionally get some Brighton and Hove Albion players in there. I don't think for whatever reason, you know, maybe they're not projecting quite as well. Um, I have a spreadsheet I'm trying to work with and they're just a little bit lower, but I mean, we know the ceilings on Brighton and Hove Albion players are absolutely huge. And I think we might get some discounted ownership. So I totally co-sign that take. Hopefully we don't steam it too much. Um, Yeah, it's pretty exciting stuff going into it. But why don't we start digging into cash games? We can go through the forward position first. I'm trying to remember how we talk on this show. It's incredible. But um, yeah, I think the best plays at forward... I think no matter who starts for Crystal Palace, Eze is in a very good position. I believe he's at, uh, what, uh, 9,600. He's been splitting set pieces, and I think he does take penalties. And he just has a massive floor, even without set pieces. It's almost a secondary consideration for Eze. Um, He's one of the top plays there. And then you have Bukayo Saka at a 10,500 only one who really reliably takes set pieces. And he just has a much better floor than all of his teammates. I think if Olise doesn't play Ryan, it's as simple as plugging in those two guys and then working with the rest of your lineup. But I don't know, where do you think Pascal gross fits in this conversation? Um, yeah, I think
2: I side with you. I mean, it's very close. It's a good spot for gross, but I agree that like, it's, it's a better spot for Eze. um, I think even with, even if Olise starts, yeah, like you mentioned, probably still has pens, probably going to play 90 minutes. The floor is good even without set pieces. Um, so, And he's cheaper, so he kind of seems like the first guy in. Um, and it, it kind of seems like Gross is the odd man out. Um, you know, I don't know. It's tough. Fading Gross has not worked out this year uh, for the most part. At least on, like, on on slates where there's been a decision. Like, uh, you know, like this one, there's, I, I don't know, maybe, like, do you think people just don't even play him? Maybe just Gross goes unowned because people just play Sokka
1: and the Palace guys and you don't even really have to worry about it. Yeah, I think in, like, the $25 double-ups, I think it's going to be, like, 80% Sokka. If if Elise doesn't play, I think people are going to prefer Sokka and Eze, just... Uh because they play a little bit more forward. But I mean, it really kind of feels cheap. Okay, like we on this program have talked down on Pascal Gross quite a lot. But in games where Brighton are really possessing the ball, they're more quote-unquote defensive players. You see them get into really good attacking positions, and they sort of have a free-flowing attack. I mean, Pascal Gross sort of goes wherever he wants, and he likes to cross, and he likes to shoot from distance quite a bit. So I'm kind of over this, uh, you know, the Pascal Gross position type of thing um you know if he's taking a monopoly of set pieces which might not be guaranteed right we have a recent match where he split with a stooping on i know that didn't necessarily happen in cup but i got five uh set pieces for gross and five for a stooping on in their last premier league game maybe that's enough just to take people off and just side with sock and eze who are a little bit more consistent in open play but i mean man i mean it it always feels bad to fade pascal gross but um Maybe that's the move in tournaments to maybe lean into, you know, he has a big ceiling, has a big floor. And if he scores a goal on top of that, you're looking at a player who can score 30 points and how many players are really capable of that on the slate. Uh,
2: Yeah. You hit on like two, two important points that, that uh, I guess I'm factoring in the most Um, one. Yeah. Estupinian split the sets in the last Premier League game. Would you say it was six and six? Five and five. Five and five. And then um, he took two in the cup uh, last week and Gross took one. So, I mean, I guess you could say like an even split the last two games and that just kind of takes you off Gross for cash games, you know, but I agree with what you said about the position thing. Like, I think we were just, or at least I was just wrong for a while, um, sort of downgrading him based on his perceived position like yeah he plays everywhere especially in like good matchups like this um you know it's been notable and they talk about it during matches like he has a license to roam anywhere like unlike few players have so yeah um that's like a good observation and good thing to keep in mind he definitely has a ceiling i mean we see him we've seen him do plenty from open play this year as well um but yeah the fact that he's not like taking a monopoly of set pieces with this stupinyan there has has got to rule him out for for cash games
1: yeah i think the monopoly of set pieces had sort of impacted that he's had some better floor performances you know it gives him a couple like you know three points extra or something if that's diluted a little bit i feel like it makes it easier to go with uh you know the more forward the definitely the more forward players in Eze and saka who also have a track record of massive floors. I mean, you know, we are just talking about in a vacuum. Ooh, fading gross feels bad, but fading gross involves, but playing gross involves fading one of Eze and Saka, which, you know, I'm just gonna pick the lesser of the evils in that case. Yeah, I think those are the two expensive options. I don't think you can jam three really expensive options. It's just not much value, and you wouldn't have enough to spend at Defender. There's some interesting forward options, though, in tournaments. I mean, you have some favored forwards that are expensive, in Watkins, Pedro, and uh, Jesus, we already talked about Gross. There's going to be some other plays as well. Brian, I kind of think there's a lot of cheap options to be playing in one of our forward spots, especially with some dual midfield eligibility. So some cheap forwards for tournaments, which look good. Isak is really cheap. I mean, Danny Welbeck is cheap for the good total in a matchup, and so are the Crystal Palace forwards. But looking at some of these guys with midfield eligibility, I was a bit surprised. Um, I think Anthony Gordon, he's really cheap. Isn't he like, how expensive is Anthony Gordon? I'm going to check my sheet. He's 59. That feels pretty cheap. You got 4500 for Miguel Almoron which doesn't, I mean, normally he's priced about 2000 more than that. Um, and then Ogbene on Luton town he has a pretty big floor at 4800 as well. The spend downish range at forward, maybe even use some of these guys in the midfield spot from a cash game point of view. They seem like pretty good value because I think they're just better than the midfield only options. What do you think about some of the value, the cheaper options that are salary relief? Um, I think Ogbeni seems like the best one.
2: Uh, you know, I don't want to steal your thunder but isn't he isn't he popping in in your projections i, I wanted to ask you is, is this uh is this the first slate first premier league slate where where you're using your own projections
1: yeah i uh started i got i got bored over the period so i just uh i was inspired by our friend of the show basil nabby i mean the way he approached is like uh it doesn't have to be perfect just do something straightforward so i thought let's do a couple straightforward things that i could do i learned a little bit of excel i learned how to import sheets and stuff it's really not basic, and I have everything I put out requires a heavy dose of uh, context. But even when I add a little bit of context, like Luton are almost always underdogs when they play. And Ogbene, over his last 10 matches, he's averaging a floor of around eight at 4,800. And we've seen him put up some pretty big games. I don't know. Do you think uh, Luton can bother Brighton, or do you think Brighton are just going to suffocate in terms of possession? It is Brighton against Luton, right? All right, very good. <laughs>
0: But do you think that Obagi
1: could get a floor against Brighton? That's kind of the big question. If the matchup is prohibitive, then you know you just kind of have to say, "I know better." It's tough. Um,
2: Yeah, it's tough. I guess I, I I think for forty eight hundred, he seems underpriced. But um, I guess like some sometimes Brighton just sometimes Brighton dominate games and sometimes they don't like we've seen them allow plenty of goals too. So I think that's the part that just makes it okay for me. Like he's cheap and we've seen Brighton concede goals. I worry about like the floor a little, cause I don't think Luton will have too much possession. And I do think it's probably a pretty tough matchup on Estupiñan's side. Um, I guess we'll have to see how that, see how that goes. I don't know. But yeah, I do like it for 4,800 for sure. Um and I think um I think your projections are a like, good idea by the way. And what what Basil said was spot on, like he nobody can like do it perfectly. It's impossible, you know. So that's not really what you're looking for anyways. Um the Newcastle guys, yeah, they're cheap. DraftKings is you know, you mentioned the prices on Newcastle all around. Um Villa has kept three straight clean sheets, um, clean sheet against Arsenal, clean sheet against City. I didn't include those. There's like five clean sheets in their last like eight games or, or something like that. Um, but yeah, like he, I could see that game being back and forth. You, you could take a chance on some of those Newcastle guys. I think for cash, I'd just play Ogbeni though. He's He's cheaper. He's been playing 90 minutes and you you mentioned what 8 8.4 and Luton are normally underdogs
1: sorry i was on mute i feel like you want to make an adjustment for matchups right you can always say oh what's the matchup but like roughly on average Luton are pretty big underdogs in every match and open still puts up decent numbers so I think uh, this isn't prohibitively worse than other matchups, you know, like Brighton are a tough matchup and maybe he should be dinged a little bit. And if you do, then I think there are alternative options, but Ogbene seems like a decent, a decent shout in this spot. And I don't know, maybe I'll lean into my numbers and then you can hear me cry about it on Twitter uh, tomorrow evening. But um, there are other options. Again, I think Anthony Gordon's too cheap. Miguel Almiron, I think is, too cheap he has a little bit more maybe goal upside in him again but newcastle are pretty big underdogs and that clean sheet stuff that you mentioned is pretty crazy um what about the everton forwards ryan um i think we spent about five minutes complaining about dominic calvert lewin but adam has Beto projected in at 4k i mean come on that's just dirt cheap for a forward who should play 70 minutes and i mean what are his goal scoring odds they can't be much worse than plus 200 what do you think
2: yeah that's awfully cheap I mean, 4K for, yeah, I don't know. You know, it's the sort of the Chris Wood thing. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if if you can compare Beto to Chris Wood, but it's similar, you know, 4K forward. Like, what if, what if Carlton Morris starts? He's been starting. He's 4K. Um, That, that, that might feel even better to me than, than Beto. But yeah, I mean, 4K for forwards, like, yeah, that seems fine, but uh, they've been pretty bad. Like that game has the lowest total. We were tilting Calvert Lewin the other day. Um But yeah, I guess I wouldn't mind taking a
1: chance on four K. Kato. Yeah, four K is just dirt cheap. Know. Dominic Calvert Lewin like, yeah, I've seen enough. He sucks. Like
2: <laughs> it just makes sense too, like in for the nature of the slate, you're gonna wanna spend up for all the guys we talked about, so you're gonna need punts and it's gonna make that mid range go
1: overlooked i would think i was just going to ask you that i think the best constructions are you're going to be spending up probably twice at defender there are some defenders to choose from and then you're mostly looking at barbell type constructions a couple studs and then a couple of players in the 4k range it is going to squeeze the mid-range quite a lot and there are tempting options so do you think there are ways to get there and how you would sacrifice do any of these mid-range options seem appealing to you as a tournament player ryan um
2: yeah, I mean, really, though, just just like because they're not going to carry ownership. Um, the Fulham guys, I guess, I, I seem like interesting tournament plays. Um,
1: I mean, Muniz, 4,400 if he starts. You can throw him in in cash game, maybe. Um, yeah, but you're talking about Beto.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Then... I mean, who haven't we talked about? You mentioned Welbeck. Is what? How, how much was Welbeck? Yeah, sixty-seven. That's you have yeah, Edward Water in there. Know.
1: You have Mateta if a uh, police doesn't start. So I mean, six K price. Oh yeah,
2: forwards. Sorry, I I missed Mateta because he's in the the lineup that I made. So yeah, I like <laughs> I do like I do like a couple guys in that range. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think if you can make it work, you might have to I, I think there is salary available. People might just feel comfy with like a couple 4Ks and a couple expensive players. But if you rearrange some pieces, I'm thinking about get lucky. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I just I'm thinking about uh saving
2: some money at Defender. We might we might have a, a different opinion there. Oh, that'll be fun. Like if, if people yeah, if people especially if people want to spend up I could save money
1: at Defender, I think on this site. Well, we'll get into it uh, shortly because fortunately, midfield, I really don't think there's as much to discuss at midfield. A ton of the options we mentioned carry midfield eligibility. And I think the cheap 4K forwards are a little bit better than cheapish midfielders. I don't know, Ryan, maybe you can point out some cheaper options that you like. I guess if we're talking about midfield only options, if Ole starts, I'm inclined to play him at 9,400, even if it's only going to be like 60, 70 minutes. Um, I'm a little bit rosier on minutes projections. I've gotten burned being too conservative on them before. And I mean, Elise can still put up a decent score within 60 minutes, sort of like what you would imagine the worst case scenario is. Hopefully he doesn't start so that it's a little bit easier, but I mean, then you're looking at options like Odegaard, who's fine, but a little expensive. Louise is fine, but a little bit expensive. McGinn is too expensive. If he's not guaranteed to be on set pieces, you know, Dottie is $2,500 more than Ogbene. I mean, do any of these expensive midfield-only options type appeal to you, or do you think you're going to be taking dual eligible players and throwing them in your midfield spot?
2: Um, yeah, for cash, I think I would play Olise oh, for 94. Um, I think I've I've I'm a little more aggressive on projecting minutes, and maybe sometimes that's burned me in the other way. Or uh, but. Yeah, um, I think, I mean, I'd expect him to play 75 plus minutes if he started, especially if he's trained all week. Like it it sounds good. Sounds good to me. I mean, it wouldn't shock me. Yeah, 80 plus minutes wouldn't shock me. It's just a great matchup. So for tournaments, though, I mean, I'd have some interest in the Arsenal guys. 8600, Trossard, 8500, Odegaard. I just don't, I'm not sure how much they get played on this slate. Um. The oh, Douglas Louise, your boy, he's not going to be played. Um he takes penalties. Score a penalty kick and put up a big score. McGinn for 8K2. Yeah, I, I, those guys are interesting tournament plays because you feel like they'll be the sub 10% like for sure. You know,
1: I think you just have to figure out a way for the chalky, expensive players as a soccer and gross. You have to imagine if they don't go nuclear, the guys that we're talking about, who are a little cheaper and who are definitely worse plays, like oh, I don't want to play, you know, Odegaard instead of Saka necessarily. But these are guys who, realistic enough of the time, I think, in top-heavy GPP formats, can beat these players. I mean, we're talking about a 700-person, five-dollar King of the Pitch this week, so I think maybe just launching into it and clicking, uh all right, as a soccer and then optimize. I think that's kind of a that's going to be the way that a lot of people play. And I think if you're brave to pivot off the chalk and maybe you know save 2K here and then spend up for a mid-price guy somewhere else. I think that might be a good way to tackle certain tournament formats. I mean, you're going to get screwed a lot of the times, right? Because, I mean, it's easy to imagine as just going nuclear. But given how I think ownership's going to work out, just talking from it with you, it's got to be considered at least.
2: Yeah, no, I know. I mean, I agree. Um,
1: what are you going to do with Andreas Pereira at 6,700? I don't know how many people are going to play him. It's uh, You know, this whole 6K range, whether it's midfield or forward only, I think... They're probably all just gonna be a little underowned with respect to their you know top 10 percentile outcomes.
2: Yeah, I think so too. Um, yeah for cash games I wouldn't worry about it, but yeah that whole range is interesting for tournaments.
1: Yeah. Um, one guy that my system
2: that oh Alfie
1: do... sorry Oh Alfie go I... ahead.
2: who are you know gonna... who are you gonna mention?
1: Um, I was going to talk about a budget option, but you can talk about Alfie. Who's oh no, I,
2: no, yeah, I just meant to throw him in there with Pereira. He, he'll he'll go unowned, and if he gets a goal or an assist, with he, he'll yeah, like he, he's the same type of play that could put up twenty plus points with with a goal or an assist, and like nobody's going to play
1: him. Yeah, and you just have to hope that the expensive guys score the same, because then you've saved salary, and hopefully you can win somewhere else. Right. Maybe a tough ask, but I don't know.
2: Okay, who, who are you going to mention?
1: Um, Someone who is projecting as a value, who's had good floors. If you look at the cheat sheet, Bruno Gamera, he's averaging 8.6 floor points. I mean, maybe he's got a petulant yellow card in him. I feel like he's run good not to get sent off lately. But this is a player who's back to maybe, you know, last year towards the end of the year, he wasn't shooting as much. And I was a little frustrated. I remember thinking this. I'm like, I used to be able to play Bruno in a showdown, you know, as a cheap flex play because I thought he could get up to seven points. I think he's maybe... Back to those old ways, forty three hundred. I don't know. Seems like a pretty reasonable punt option and value. I think um, that's one I have my eyes on. Uh, Ryan, do your observations of Newcastle match uh, the spreadsheets?
2: Yeah, um, I think it's a tough spot, but I, just on the slate, they're the value. Even like like Miley for thirty five hundred. Longstaff is thirty seven hundred. Like so, Stills and then as well, yeah. Bruno at forty. Like, all of them, right? And Newcastle have injuries, a a lot of injuries, actually, with Joe Linton out, Willick, Tonali. Uh, Like, those guys are going to – two or all three of them are going to play 90 minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, So it seems fine. Um, (laughs) You might think this is funny. I thought uh, Bruno was just a little bit too close to Jefferson Lerma uh, (laughs) at 4,700. Uh, I was giving him a little bump for, for the Sheffield matchup. Um, I think you could do that too. Yeah. I mean, I think you might spend in that range. Yeah, no, I like, I would again, like I wouldn't, I just go the cheapest for cash. Um, Yeah. I don't think there's going to be, go ahead. No, no. I like, sorry, I just got sidetracked. Um, I was looking at Brighton's last game where B- Buonanote scored, or how, however you say his name. I think he, he scored a nice goal. He's looked pretty good recently. Like he, He's definitely going to get subbed early, but he could score a goal in, in, for you in tournaments. And I don't know. There's just not a lot. Like There's not a lot of guys with too much upside.
1: Yeah. He's a frustrating play. He gets subbed at like 45 minutes quite a bit, but... I mean, if he plays a bit longer, he's a good value at his price. Like if you said you're getting 75 minutes in a good matchup, more attacking player for Brighton in a good spot. I mean, I keep on saying these Newcastle guys, and Ryan, you keep on rightly saying they are underdogs. It's a tough game against Villa. And I have to like internalize this because Newcastle been favored so much this season. So I'm like, oh, Anthony Gordon next door. But in terms of the matchup, I mean, one of notes probably has they, a pretty. They good are speed.
2: they are really cheap though. You know, people are people are really and myself included just sort of buying into Villa and, you know, going to Villa is going to be tough, especially for Newcastle who's kind of struggled, but yeah, they're all really cheap. So I, I wouldn't mind playing any of them. I'll, I will play some of those midfielders. I'm sure in tournaments, yeah. like if I'm making 20 lineups for that King of the pitch. And if you're trying to jam, like say, Elise starts and you're trying to jam two or three of those guys, like, yeah, I'm just gonna click these 4K guys. If it end, if it's if it's Chong who starts instead of Car- Carlton Morris, like I'll play Chong for 3,900. You know?
1: Yeah. I mean, Miley. Um, I, I think there's plenty of names that you can click. You're requiring an under. You're requiring an underdog goal, but that's kind of just how the pricing works out. I noticed Andre Gomez, uh, your boy Ryan, 3,400. He uh, took some set pieces in his most recent start for Everton. That is something to keep an eye on
2: yeah yeah he keep he just he hasn't started for a while. I always see him like projected to start, and oh, I see we haven't marked as out. oh he has oh, a new, never mind a new never a mind. new injury according yeah. to our notes. Um, yeah, I don't know. Probably never mind play him anyways, but
1: well, yeah, I think that's about it for the midfield though. these mid price guys, it's gonna be tough to afford them. You have some ownership pivots at the top end for midfield on good good spots and uh, maybe spray and pray at that cheaper range. I think there's a lot of merits to um, a lot of plays in that area.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data
1: But I think we can get to the defender position. Ryan's promising some spicy takes about the state of the defender position. On the face of it, it looks like there's three really standout options, at least three to me. Um, Trippier is always a good play, taking most of Newcastle's set pieces. His floor hasn't been the best lately, but there's been some tricky matchups, so, you know, when there's a game against City recently, it's not going to look as good necessarily. But I mean, for seven K, eh, but that it is against that it is in that tough spot against Villa. So you wonder, are Villa going to dominate possession? Are Villa going to sort of invite Newcastle and then try to get them on the counter? That's how Villa approached the game. Are definitely that's definitely going to impact Trippier's floor in this matchup. Um, then you have a stooping on one K cheaper at 6,000, taking some set pieces. And people are playing a on, even if he doesn't have set pieces. So I don't feel like that has necessarily been priced in. And then I like Alex Moreno. He's had a good per 90 floor for Aston Villa. He almost scored a lovely goal when I played him way too much in an FA Cup fixture recently. I, I think Moreno is a really good play. And Ryan, my temptation, at least in tournaments, is just to say, well, let's just assume Villa kind of choke Newcastle a little bit. A on and Moreno can keep up with a good tripier performance and you save some money. I don't know. How do you see the defender position?
2: No, I, I see it similarly. Um, I I want to wait and see on Brighton's formation. Um, they've like they've been all over the place recently. Like where a he played in a back three a couple games ago, but he played on the wing most recently. Um so yeah, obviously now he's taking a couple set pieces. He looks like a pretty good play. Um, I just my my initial reaction is that I, or, you know, when I opened the slate and was looking at everything, was that I could fade Trippier just because there was other decent defenders for cheaper, and you know he's it hasn't gone great for Trippier lately, even for, from from DFS wise, and it's just a tough matchup. I like your take about Moreno. I mean, you've been right about Moreno. Um, Unlucky not to get that goal uh, on that last slate, but that's a direct matchup. Moreno up against Trippier. Um, But yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. to save some money. Maybe Villa are the dominant team. Moreno gets an assist. You know, yeah, I I think you can fade Trippier in tournaments. Um, Again, Estupignan... I might rank him number one. If, if it looks like if he's on the wing for sure, then I, then I don't, then I'm probably not going to fade him. It's just, you you can't now that he's taking some set pieces, in my opinion. Um, I thought Jedi Robinson for 4,900 was a pretty good play. So I, (laughs) I thought maybe I could save 2,100 going from Trippier to him. I mean, seems to have an eight, nine point floor when, you know, Fulham are in, decent spots at home or neutral spots at home. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't see it too differently than you. I just thought that maybe that I, I wouldn't have a problem fading trip here. I even might be able to convince myself on some cheaper plays even.
1: Yeah. I shouldn't downplay uh Moreno um, looking in his past 10 games. He's got an 8.1 point floor. And I think, you know, Fulham being about even money, that's about typical of their usual matchup. So, I I agree with you on his eight to nine point floor. He does so much damage, especially when I don't play him because that's the only time I notice it. But he can be crossing a ton, and it could be a it could be a pretty good matchup at least for the fullbacks in that full match. So yeah, Moreno much cheaper than Trippier. He's not going to project like Trippier, but I mean, come on, that's a pretty good play. Yeah, I guess the avenues are there. There are good fullbacks who are priced well enough. Trippier is not too cheap or anything like that. The matchup isn't too good to pass up on. If there's players that can keep up with him. I think the fade is viable in any format, really. We'll just have to see how the lineups look and how the formations look.
2: Yep. Um, I'll, so, cheaper, it's just worth mentioning that I'm not sure that they're going to continue this, but Palace have played wingbacks the last two games. Um, and one of them was against Arsenal, where you know, they were gonna be just get dominated the whole game and might have done that just to try to absorb some of the pressure. But I think they did it in the game before that as well. And I mean uh Mitchell's thirty five hundred. I mean part of it is the matchup. I don't like to play these Palace guys, but the ma- ma- whole matchup with Sheffield's pretty good. Thirty five hundred Mitchell, I don't know. I'll I'll
1: keep an eye on that. Who is the other wing back if it's Mitchell and um Klein they they're Klein. the same price. Okay. Yeah. Mitchell's I just.
2: Mitchell's
1: a just yeah, I, I would think so. Um, some other plays that look decent who have like been played a decent amount lately, even in, in like these FA Cup slates. Vitali Michalenko has been starting to get a floor lately. I think there was like one pivotal slate where I was like, "Should I play Michalenko?" And then I looked back and he wasn't flooring. And ever since then, I think he scored a goal that slate. He's been a bit more active going forward. At four thousand, about a six-point floor last ten matches. It seems like there's some value to mine at the defender position like you said. Um do any other cheap options stand out to you Ryan? Um well I would I'm just is we
2: have Nuno Tavares projected but is he isn't is he still an Arsenal player?
1: No, not in Forest. Like it's the revenge game.
2: Right, I know but I didn't think he could play.
1: Oh, you Be thought not he was loaned loaned from Arsenal? No. I thought he was loaned. Maybe, I guess I'm wrong. Okay. How long has he been on the um, Arsenal books then? It's been a while since Nuno Tavares. I think those are back in the day when like Deli Ali was still scoring on Arsenal. So
2: I mean, if I remember well. I swear he's,
1: it's, I think he's still on Arsenal. I'm pretty sure. But um, I'll let, I'll let so you that figure means... that out. Um, we got George here I, in the but, chat. I, finally a real just, slate. Oh, sorry, Ryan, go ahead.
2: No, seriously. Finally a real slate. Um, but... but no, no, he, he's he been taking corners. That's why. 3,100, I mean, against Arsenal, I don't, again, I, I don't, just don't think he's going to play, so shouldn't even talk about him. And I guess probably wouldn't play him against Arsenal anyways. I don't know. Who are you talking about? Uh, um, who looks a little defenders? bit
1: cheaper? Um, Nathan Patterson, yeah. 3,200 for Everton. If you just need salary. I mean, you're talking about using oh, yeah. like a 3 k a Lewis Smiley. Maybe I'd rather play a Nathan Patterson hell i might even rather play like a john paul van heck you know he's someone who gets some shots sometimes gets them on target he's shown a decent uh floor and it's a it, you know for a center back but i mean it's a little bit noticeably better than other center backs so he seems underpriced at 3300 um yeah i think it was mostly uh patterson and him that were sticking out to me as good to good value options if you want to spend way down
2: is so Van Heck's just a better play than Lewis Dunk now, is that is that
1: where oh, we are? Oh, I forgot about Lewis Dunk. No, 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 Lewis Dunk I mean, is I'm a just, better they're play. They're both
2: they're both the same price. They're both thirty three hundred.
1: Wow. Yeah, there's Lewis Dunk just taking direct free
2: kicks sometimes. <laughs> that's what I, right? He's got he averages more than a shot per game. I mean, we we've seen him score plenty of goals. Yeah, I I miss
1: Patterson. Patterson would be better than uh, Nuno Tavares. Yeah, um, uh, former King of the Pitch winner once uh, told me, "Don't play guys on the road at Arsenal." So I might just <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. That's it's it's a pretty good rule actually, especially yeah these days with Arsenal under Arteta. I'm not really anxious to play Forest guys against them. Yeah.
1: So how do you think you're going to approach defender? I mean. I'm talking through it and I guess my first impression was, you know, I'll just play, you know, Moreno and a Stoopidan in every single lineup. In in tournaments, I've noticed that that strategy is pretty meta now. I think people are going to be pretty happy to click those two. Maybe when that was underutilized back in the golden days, Ryan, that was just how you printed money. Do you think that's still how you print money in um, soccer DFS tournaments in 2024, or do you have to be a little bit more brave and play guys like you know Anthony Jedi Robinson? You know, maybe hope that you get, you get a Lewis dunk free kick goal, something like that. Just get off the beaten path and maybe just get leverage on the chalk construction. I don't know, what do you think? Is that yeah? I mean, now? I
2: think <laughs> I think you just. I think that's like an inner, you just like tilted me because that's an inner monologue that, yeah, I have all the time. Um, I don't know. I couldn't really have said it better than that. Yeah, it's annoying that kind of everybody just plays like that now. Um, Feels like the best way to play, though. You know, like I was thinking about that today for this slate. Like, just like you said, play the, you said Estupinian and Moreno, even Trippier and Moreno, like, it, it, the simplest way to explain it was like, you just always play the defenders who are going to score the most points because you can just make up those points somewhere else. Like, so why wouldn't you just like, cause you're good enough to make up these points other places, you know, you, you, you know, especially if you know a little ball, um, then why wouldn't you take the guaranteed most points at a certain position because you're going to be able to figure it out somewhere else. So I still, you know, that's still the way I like to approach slates because it seems like that's how you score the most amount of fantasy points the most often. I don't know if that's how you win flights the most often anymore. Um yeah, it's sort of depressing. You, you like sent me into a little mini depressive spiral thinking about that it's just <laughs> Not as uh you can't it's just not as easy to crush anymore. You're right. I don't know. Everybody does that. So yeah, sorry, I went off on a tangent, but yeah, it has me wanting to just fade Trippier, try to find ten points from Jedi, try to, you know, get an assist. Uh you know, one of my palace guys gets an assist from the palace fullback, you know. Shit like that where that never happens and you just lose to Trippier's fifteen point floors to, you know, because I'm the one that tries to get different. And then you just, you know, you should have played the defense, you know, you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. I know what you're saying. I mean, you just open up tournaments and like sometimes like on these slates, you see like two expensive defenders and in tournament formats, they're both like 60%. So everyone's just clicking and then building out the other six spots. But um, maybe there's a bit of an NBA DFS phenomena. Maybe that's too little. (laughs) and You just keep, uh, you just, dare the field to pivot off it's tough to know i mean i it's beyond my abilities to know you know i've been trying to do it more
2: i i find i find myself trying to fade chalk and defender chalk more so than i ever have and it it definitely results in more variance yeah you know it feels pretty stupid when you get it wrong too like you know just because it's it's the best strategy in a vacuum so yeah. to go away from it, you know?
1: Yeah, I, it's maybe a bit similar to like some of my showdown struggles recently. I'm sorry, this isn't about the slate, but you know, in showdown, I was just jamming a ton of one zero construction, you know, the one zero wasn't quite hitting. So I'm like, okay, I'm not going to win. I think there were like two slates in a row where I absolutely nailed it. And, like, I didn't even get, like, many lineups into the top 1% just because that was, like, a tactic that everyone was doing. And so, like, in the showdown format, I absolutely, I absolutely felt that. And so, you know, then I get off of it. And then, you know, I haven't been playing goalies as much in showdown as I have used to. And then I see goalie constructions win. Them and then I'm just, like, automatically, oh, I would have won because I played goalies. It's like, no, I've literally been jamming goalies. And it just, when it hits, I haven't quite been winning. So... <laughs> What does that say? I mean, I don't know. Maybe I just suck at showdown. That's the most obvious sort of. No man. Sort of no, point no of I'm view. laughing because but, no finish. Go ahead. But it's it's we're talking about min cashing. It's like, oh, do I feel good because I have lineups in the ten percent lineups in the ten percent? So you get you know you turn you know whatever your entry fee is into fifty percent more. I mean, that's hardly a win.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I'm laughing because it's been the same for me, and you're talking to someone who. I mean I've gone all in on one nil you know two nil clean sheet showdown lineups forever I mean as far as I can remember, I can't tell you how many slates I've played a hundred percent of the keeper on and then yeah it, like it happened everybody does that now and yeah like you get the slate right especially me'm I'm, I'm not checking the DraftKings score so I'm just like watching the game something, and then I'll go check after and think oh you know I, I probably I, maybe I won this slate I must have cr- I must have crushed at a minimum I crushed, but I probably won, you know, and then I go check and it's like, you, you barely made a profit, <laughs> you know, I've had plenty of those. Yeah. I've had plenty of those. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I'm there with you. It's, it's just, it's a little bit depressing because yeah, the, I guess the lobby is, I, I don't. I don't know if sharper is the right word, but everybody plays more similar than ever before so yeah i find myself trying to do different things
1: yeah i think it's just good to remember like it's not like things are always good right when the field does something else there are other moves available to us and it's going to be higher variance as you know our opponents get a little bit yeah jack you know i had to i had
2: i I had to switch to playing subs in showdown just to try to get some kind of edge and thankfully i've i I won two showdowns with sub this year, but even that edge isn't there anymore because you got people just jamming subs in showdown. And I mean like jamming subs and all of them. So like, even with the sub lineup,
1: you're hoping to chop. It's, it's getting tough out there. It's tough in the showdown streets. Uh, Shout out Jesus runner. If you're listening, Um, throwing winning king of the pitch tickets in 23 man fields or something with subs, just, So sick. Um,
2: Shout out Jesus runner. I don't think there's any DFS player that if they didn't exist, like, I don't know how to say it, but impacts my bottom line more than he does. (laughs) If he just didn't exist. Yeah. I'd
1: have more money. (laughs) Maybe you can send him on a vacation somewhere so that it (laughs) it might be, it might be worth the investment. Um, Let's just bring it back to this slate. Or again, what we're, why are we going on this rant is because, you know, two of, jamming in two of the three top defenders that's going to be a popular tactic but because of that we can maybe gain leverage in construction there's a lot of things we've been talking about about this slate right there's 6k guys who have decent ceilings who are tough to pay for if you spend up twice a defender okay so they might be worthwhile right there's two expensive guys that we want to play and so you're funneled out of those if you're not if you're paying up a defender so there's almost like too much overlap in like the type of construction like how many lineups are going to come out with you have saka as they are gross and then two expensive defenders, then everyone is literally just spending 4k in the rest of your spots. And you're playing roulette, hoping that, you know, Albert, Samby, Laconga randomly gets the assist. It just feels like a sort of brutal way to play. It has that one zero showdown feel to it. So because of those dynamics of what I expect to happen, and because there are good defenders, you know, we're not touting like a, you know, Jaden Bogle out here. Like we're talking about like guys like Anthony Robinson who have legit ceiling games. Um, you know, we're talking about Lewis Dunk who could score off a free kick or get an assist off a free kick or something like this. So because there are good options and there are ways to, you know, get off of the chalk construction, I think it has merit. And uh I don't know. Hopefully I don't brick. Yeah, I do too. Um,
2: I worry that – well, not worry, but like I would try to get a third expensive guy but then I will then you're still dealing with the 4k guy you're still gonna be you're still gonna need the 4k guys if you you do it that way um you know the mid-range is tough though like we mentioned that a lot a lot of that range is just gonna go unowned and it's you know it's because they're not the greatest options so I kind of I might not mind if I can get one more expensive guy and someone wants to try to jam the two expensive defenders against me. Like, see if you can pick out the 6K or 7K guy and go up against my 10K guy who's going to drop 30 points. You know, some you're hoping for something like that.
1: I don't know. Um, you can go either way. Yeah. I think this info is too good for a free show, Ryan. I think we're... <laughs> Yeah. Away too many should, we talk about, should we talk about goalkeeper?
2: Yeah. I think maybe. the info has been too good for free shows for years now. And that's why the contests are like they are now. And that's why we're talking about this now.
1: Yeah. Maybe we need to give people a false sense. So, um, who's a bad play? You know, Chris Wood for 5700 And then you can play Arsenal players against him and then win in the onslaught. So, there you go. That's your play, everyone. Make sure to jam that into the. Chris Wood the for all the money. Yeah, Chris Wood and then six are still
2: playing. Chris Wood. Chris Wood's hat trick against Newcastle is unbelievable. So
1: I'm not putting it past him. (laughs) That is a a very fair point. Um, Yeah, the disdain that you had for talking about goalkeeper, Ryan, that was uh, (laughs) something else. But we have a lovely new feature on the cheat sheet. Goalie stats have been missing for a long while. And I don't know, I basically wrote a goalkeeper article that says almost nothing matters except for win odds. But um, if you want to kind of look a little bit, you know, get into the micro issues, and I think there's an edge to be gained there about how your goalkeepers play. We have all the stuff you could want. We got accurate passes, we have saves, inside and outside the box saves. That's actually a very interesting statistic. And then we have floor. I believe floor includes wins. I think we talked to Adam about that, but we have to double check that. Uh, Robin Olsen's floor is not 45 points. Well, this is a beta feature right now, but, um, I don't know, Ryan, I was looking at goalkeeper. I was leaning towards spending down. Um, you know, I keep on talking about these Luton guys, you know, maybe Kaminsky is a decent goalkeeper. You can play. I I don't know. I mean, all these clean sheets, Emmy Martinez seems like a pretty decent deal at 5,100 who looks decent at goalkeeper to you, Ryan. Um,
2: I was thinking of spending down. Uh yeah, Emmy Emmy looks okay, like for, for tournaments. Um, but in general, I was thinking of spending down. I don't know. Like I've tried getting the arsenal clean sheet and it never seems to work out. And I'm just not gonna pay uh fifty nine hundred for them on the road. I just I just don't do it. Maybe maybe I'll play I would play Palace. I would play the Palace Keeper if I spent up for any of them. Um not going to play Brighton keeper on the road. I mean, tournaments, maybe, but I guess, are, are we just talking about cash games? Uh, we're just talking
1: about um, anything. I mean, in cash games, just
2: anything. Like, I mean, I'm spending spend down. down. Yeah. For sure, right. Like for sure, spend down in cash games. At least that's what I think. Um, I don't know. If I wanted to spend up, I don't mind Henderson, I guess, but I think I'll be spending like Emmy and below pretty much for all my lineups. Like yeah. Jack, if I, if I'm, if I, like, I think if if I'm going to fade one of those defenders, I'm not going to just, I don't think I'm going to waste that money to spend up at keeper on a on a on a five game slate. You know, you're kind of defeating the purpose.
1: There's too many good plays at five and six K range you, that are, you need to together.
2: milk all the money out of the
1: slate Yeah, Like if you're going to do it that way, at least that's how I feel. You know, there should be an upset somewhere in here. Um, you know, good luck finding it. But, you know, we're talking in, about in five like, teams. In, Go ahead.
2: I do think in, in smaller field stuff, I, I think there's merit to spending up. But, like, in the in the main GPP and the king of the pitch uh, uh, $5,
1: I'll be just playing a lot of these cheaper keepers. Yeah, I mean – You know, decent chance that, you know, one of Leno or Pickford, they're affordable. You know, either of them could get the win clean sheet. Maybe that happens enough. They're worth going at. Um, You know, not confident about Matt Turner, but, you know, there are certain circumstances where Kaminsky has good performances. You know, you don't necessarily need a win in these cases. You just need uh, two goals conceded and uh, maybe one goal conceded and six saves. And look, you have a cheap guy who put up eight points and that that might be good enough as long as no other goalkeeper goes Thermonuclear, which uh that often happens on one of these, but maybe you land on the guy who does go thermonuclear in that case. Um, yeah, I think the money is worth being milked, and in, in this case, I think you want to get up to more expensive players, especially if it upgrades like a 4k outfielder. Yeah, I agree. Oh. Well, I think we've talked quite a few angles. I mean, it's a big slate. First time back, we even got about a 10-minute whining session about the state of the lobby. And so all in a good day's work, Ryan. I don't know. Do you have anything else for the people before we sign off?
2: Yeah, I mean, I just sort of felt like I was rambling about nonsense most of the podcast. But, you know, it's good, good to be back. Excited to watch the games tomorrow.
1: I'll tell you what the my uh, partner in Rocket League. We say the first one doesn't count. This is the first one of 2024. This is our warm up show. We won't be saying um or like you know no interrupting each other. We're just gonna be spitting fire going forward. Yeah, you
2: know, I guess we didn't touch like too much on specific GPP stuff. I don't know. Maybe we did. No, we didn't mention Villa at all. I really, I kind of noticed that. Well, Mm. you know, we glossed over the midfielders, but like the forwards. Um, I, I don't, we don't have Diaby projected to start, but he's the only cheap one. He's interesting, but no one's going to play like Ali Watkins or, and I just, uh, Bill scored five goals on Newcastle last time. I don't know.
1: Worth mentioning.
2: I just feel like we talked about pretty much every other, I
1: don't know, team. Yeah, well, I kept on belligerently talking about Newcastle, but there are good plays and a much better matchup for Villa. So you're right. I mean, Watkins at 9,500. I don't think anyone's going to play him. I keep playing Musa Diaby, and I keep getting screwed, but it does feel like he's a player who has some upside. So I'll have to maybe a couple lineups with him going back to the well. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe one thing I got out of this is I shouldn't undervalue these Aston Villa forwards. So if you're still listening... I think that would be a good place to mine, especially because they're a little too expensive. But I think the ceiling is demonstrably there.
2: Yeah, definitely too expensive. And I some yeah I could sometimes try to force a piece from that last game because it'll. I think just no one's going
1: to play it. Oh, that's true, right? It's the last green check.
2: Yeah, like no one's going to play it. You know, they wouldn't play it anyways if all these games started at the same time. And just the fact that it's last.
1: Yeah you can get your late swaps in ryan That's how the four, first 40 minutes go then you can reconfigure <laughs> your <piece>. oh,
2: there's, <laughs> there is no way i'm getting late swaps in.
1: <laughs> you don't have the late swap sim up and running oh, i don't buddy <laughs> it's not the All worst right. idea though actually like if, i I've if, thought if, about if,
2: it if if you in like not in the not in anything big or like any main GPPs. But if you were like monitoring a big head-to-head or small high-stake stuff, and you know, we, you, yeah, you can tell if you're behind or or ahead after the first thirty or forty
1: minutes or so. Yeah, there's your GigaBrain strategy of the day on these weird forty-five-minute staggered starts. Oh, thank you all for listening. Thank you for joining. It's a lot of fun being back here. Give a thumbs up to the video. Subscribe to the channel. Subscribe to RotoWire if you haven't already. This stuff's way too cheap, so it would be lovely if you uh, hopped on and joined and hopped in our Discord, play some League MX, and chop it up with us. But on behalf of myself and Ryan, good luck, everyone. Except in that King of the Pitch contest, I would like to win it. I'm a little starved for a win lately, so you know, take it easy on me. But otherwise, good luck tomorrow.
2: Thanks, Jack. Good luck, everybody.